I'm Dan Schifrin. And I'm Kathy Joller. And this is The Space Between, Dispatches from the Contemporary Jewish Museum. Israeli musician Emanuel Vitzum is a composer, violist, installation artist, and the former director of The Lab in Jerusalem, a venue for experimental theater, dance, and music, which looks at Jerusalem as a site of artistic inspiration. Emmanuel has also served as musical advisor to the Israel Festival, the premier festival for the arts in Israel. In Dissolving Localities, a recent work and artistic framework, Vitzum invited audiovisual artists to come to Jerusalem and perform, quote-unquote, the city as a kind of musical visual instrument. By interweaving recorded sights and sounds, ranging from bird songs to street noise, prayer fragments to church bells, this project creates an expanding open-source multimedia montage. Dissolving Localities is now installed at the Magnus Collection at UC Berkeley. His residency at UC Berkeley is sponsored by the Schusterman Visiting Israeli Artist Program. Welcome to our show. Thank you very much. Um, so, Emmanuel, you've lived and worked around the world, uh, Israel, Berlin, Paris, New York, and now Berkeley. So where's home for you? I would um, sort of divide that question into two aspects. I think it, uh, for me, um, my identity is divided in, uh, in both the local and the global. Um, I definitely see myself um, as someone who is from Jerusalem. And uh, at the same time, because Jerusalem is a place that exists and doesn't at the same time, it's both a symbol and something which is real, uh, there's a complexity to that answer. As a result of that, I also see myself or feel very much, uh, in a sense, Jewish, in the sense that I don't feel that I belong in one place, but that my heart belongs in Jerusalem. You mentioned something about Jerusalem, the fact that it is a complicated place that in a way, is neither fully terrestrial, neither is it obviously fully celestial. People around the world feel invested in what it is, even those who don't know that much about it or have been there. Can you say something about the lab in Jerusalem and how you've tried to make Jerusalem um, the site for artistic inspiration and how that's worked out for people who have come to Jerusalem to work and create with you? Well, when I joined the lab as artistic director in 2009, um, I sort of asked myself what sort of artistic programmation I could do which could be, uh, I would hesitate to say unique, but which could be special. I mean, we're, we live in a time where there is, so, there is so much abundance of artistic creation, of artistic institutions, of technology in terms of the our availability of things, that I wanted to create something which would represent Jerusalem, but at the same time uh, not be too uh, on the surface. And I decided to base the artistic agenda of the lab on something a bit controversial, uh, solely on Jerusalem. So to take it as a, basically an artistic uh, inspiration, both sim- symbolically and also materially. And um, I created, I tried to create as many platforms, uh, open platforms as possible, in order to try and bring conflicting things together, in order to try and realize that. Uh, with the main goal of trying to represent complexities, trying to showcase the differences or diversities or even the, you know, the confrontations in an artistic form. Um, I created, for example, a platform called Dancing Spirit in which um, religion, prayer, and tradition serve as the uh, artistic inspiration for contemporary dance works. Uh, most of the choreographs in Israel are secular, Most of them have no real relationship to tradition. And one uh, special project that that we supported was a project in which which five um, religious men 
danced for the first time on a professional stage in front of a mixed audience uh, in a work called Highway Number no. One. Highway Number no. One is the road connecting Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, so connecting between the hedonistic, secular, cultural capital of Israel and the symbolic, religious, cultural of Israel, historical, cultural capital. So this sort of project combining between text and movement, between tradition and modernity, um, were sort of a very big uh, thing that I tried to uh, do in uh, the lab as artistic programmer. How would you describe the difference between this um, dance infused with religion versus purely secular choreography? What I tried to do is to provide some sort of framework which was as, as open as possible so that the choreographs could do whatever they wanted with the idea of prayer. Because to me, prayer is not necessarily something which is based on ritual. It's not something that's based on a certain text. It's an act of communication from a desire and a yearning, which is very profound. As a result of that, the connection that I was trying to find was to divorce prayer from its initial connotation and to bring it into a place where people really communicate with one another. And what we saw was that the choreographs who were involved in that process really tried to search within themselves and to understand where their relationship to tradition uh, or prayer come in, come into be. I mean, I, I think that for Israelis, the whole idea of being Jewish, the whole idea of prayer, the whole idea of religion, I know for, for me it's a very, very loaded question. Uh, it was sort of, uh, in a way, an experience of coming to terms. And uh, that, that was, for me, a beautiful thing, especially also with the audience that we had. We had a mixed audience that we'd never had before at the lab. And we felt that minorities or different communities were being represented in ways they didn't even know could, could exist through art. And that was, to me, something which I found extremely rewarding. Israel is a country that really is, in a way, riven between certain kinds of polarities, whether it's religious, between Jewish and Muslim, or between secular and religious. You've said in the past that art and culture is a platform in general where those things can be reconciled in some way. Um, do you believe that if um, Israel is to become a little bit more of a integrated or holistic society, that the arts and culture will be an important part of that movement? I think that's a very complex question. Just because um, to try and uh, have art influence reality, uh, that's a big, big thing to do. Is that too much to ask of art? I, I, I'm, I'm not sure it's too much to ask, but it's something that there, um, there needs to be a sort of openness, attentiveness, and really profound concentration and curiosity in order for something like that to happen. And um, I think that to me, for example, creating a program that was both uh, we initiated projects and we also hosted. We hosted the uh, Ethiopian theater company. We hosted uh, religious groups that were performing theater. We hosted uh, theater in languages such as French, English, uh, Russian. So really just opened up uh, the artistic program of the lab to represent Jerusalem as a multicultural hub of you know life. And that, to us, was some of a fascinating thing because, you know, we constantly talk about Israel. People constantly have an opinion about Israel, about what, you know, what Israel should do with the Palestinians, what, you know, what is a religious orthodox, you know, if it's right or wrong. Let's just take a look at what's happening there. And there's so much happening. It's amazing. It's hard to describe how um, interesting and immersive um, your installation is. Um, you have these two screens. You sit in this large room. You have two screens going at the same time, and each one has different layerings of both sound and image. So you're watching these kind of two movies, complex movies going on simultaneously, and you have the sense of um, almost an omniscient point of view of the city, of almost every possible religion and ethnicity and sound and image being represented simultaneously, all kind of with equal importance. 
originally we wanted to have four screens. That's what we have in the live uh, setting situation, and uh, technically that was difficult to achieve. So when the idea was that we were only going to use one wall, I wanted to have two screens because it's very important for me to have two perspectives minimum. Uh, the same thing with the dissolving localities is a uh, project is that usually we work with more than one artist. So uh, and and these things are very crucial to me because I always want to have different points of view coexisting, and uh, coexisting is a very important word about Jerusalem because what people think about Jerusalem constantly is this idea of polarities, of binaries, of of differences. Where actually in Jerusalem things are so constantly sort of in flux and in fluidity, and you see things that you you wouldn't expect to work together, working together, because they have to. And uh, it's sort of, I think it's like, it's, it is as opposed to the Star Trekian mode of multiculturalism when it was everyone like, you know, love, loves each other. Jerusalem is a real multiculturalism. It's tense and it's harsh and it's coarse, but it works. And, uh, and I think that that's something that I was trying to represent in the having of two screens. So you come in and immediately you're, you're sort of uh, immersed in two perspectives and there are, on one screen, there's three to four layers of video. On the other screen, there are six to nine layers of video. So there are many different things happening at the same time. And that's what I wanted people to see. I also involved the whole, idea, uh, the whole uh, moment of the social protests in Israel in the summer, uh, which was, to me, a magical moment of the potential of Israeli society. When we put aside conflict between the Israelis and Palestinians, we put that aside for a second and say, wait a second, what about us? The middle class, the young people, the young couples, the young families that are struggling to, you know, to survive, no longer what can we do? No longer this is beyond us. We can change reality or we can influence reality by saying enough. And that was a beautiful, beautiful moment. It was, it was very, very interesting for me to see, for example, the Occupy Education protests were so beautiful. People just talking about how, what, what sort of future they would like to have. What a gift this whole thing of education is. Whereas in Occupy Oakland, I felt that people, I didn't really understand what they were trying to say. I felt that there was uh, an attempt to go into violence without actually having a sort of an end result in the message. And that's something that was interesting for me to try and show as something that, you know, both social protests and I think the Occupy movement resulted from the Arab Spring. And, it was, you know, the moments where you just kind of say, I'm here now, this is a very important moment to capture. And let's see how that plays out. I would really like people to look at this, look at this installation and say, okay, let's just go in here for a second. Let's take the time, just look and think. I would love to talk a little bit more about um, your intensely collaborative process, especially being in an art museum where you're used to the lone artist, you know, toiling away. And it's incredibly difficult to work with people, to have so you know, many passionate, brilliant people in one place, all with their own perspectives. Um, do you see community problems replay themselves in the collaborative process? I think that uh, we all bring our egos into mm -hmm. the process. Um, I experienced this when last time in Jerusalem... Um, we did the project, and one of the uh, artists uh, went berserk on us in the middle of the performance and just went, you know, like the Muppet Show animal. He just sure. decided to just, you know. And um, at some point, all of the artists around him were just like, you know, we just backed off. And at first, I was very angry uh, because um, I felt that someone was being, um, that his ego was more important than the rest of us. But then I said to myself, you know what, this is the framework. And actually, the audience loved it. So it was a process of me. I, I really define this process as uh, this project as the ultimate letting go. They have a certain guideline, but it's very open. Uh, a lot of things can happen. And that forces the musician, the artist themselves, to be attuned to what the other person is doing so that 
you know, the overall, it's like an A and B make C sort of thing. This issue of letting go is really interesting in connection with um, Highway 1 and the dancing rabbis. When you when you watch and listen to the piece, you see these five rabbis who were kind of dancing or um, shuckling as kind of a, 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 a bouncing back and forth religious movement. And there is this um, kind of a juxtaposition between the formal ritual piece of it and the fact that they begin to let go over time. It's very powerful to see that emerge over the course of the piece, but it's also a kind of a metaphor for the artistic process in which you need to have some kind of focus and structure. But within that, you need to be able to let go and try something new and um, be a little bit risky in order for something live to happen. So um, I'm wondering, one, about what the experience was of those rabbis and how much they were able, how much they pushed themselves or how much you were able to push them and whether you agree that that might be an interesting metaphor for the artistic process in general? Well, I think that uh, the artistic process can be described as um, you begin with a certain idea and you usually finish with a different idea altogether. It's like uh, trying to express a thought. The moment you, you have it in your mind, it's very, very clear. The moment you say to someone else, you have to begin translating examples, metaphors, no, I didn't really mean that, etc. The artistic process is the same. You have a certain goal that you want to, to, to reach, um, which also changes a little bit, but the process is the most important thing. And actually with the rabbis, uh, with the Ka'et ensemble, that was a magical process because they take time. They really think. It's not like us um, in the sense of, uh, you know, I come from a very secular world where, you know, every five minutes we have to change. You know, it's like uh, the weather in Paris in spring. If you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. It's like, yeah, I'm bored now, I'm bored now, I'm bored now, I'm bored now. For them, it's like, no, why do we do that? Why are we going there and not there? And, you know, in the beginning, you're like, oh, my God. what? <laughs> and then, but then you're like, well, actually, you know what? That's that's so true. Let's just think about this. Let's ask about this. And, for example, the music that I wrote for them, I, I was deconstructing Shema Yisrael. Shema Yisrael is not something that you deconstruct in, in the Jewish world. Shema Yisrael is like the canonical Hebrew prayer. Yeah. And uh, when I did that, in the beginning, was it was complex for them. But after a while, it became a moment where they all just went, you know, they just levitated in terms of, you know, the, the emotional response to it. And uh, I think that the process with them was magical because things took time. We really explored things, really talked about things, and uh, and we really bonded. I think it's a very common experience to, if you have many interests, okay, so what are you going to pick? You can only be very good at one thing, so where are you going to go deep? Did you ever feel constrained um, to choose only one path? I think that I, I, um, I basically couldn't adapt to the high school uh, sort of format of uh, being sort of, you have to do this and you have to do that, you have to do that. And when I, uh, after the army service, which uh, was an extremely traumatic experience for me, I went to the States and I began to do a bachelor's degree in viola because to me that was the way to get out of Israel. And actually, I wanted to go to New York because I wanted to begin to be more involved in things other than the viola. So the viola was for me a tool. And by and then in New York, I I began doing a bachelor's in viola, and then I moved to composition. Then things sort of began moving, and then I found myself moving to Paris and from Paris to Berlin. Things sort of, sort of constantly moved up because my mind was constantly searching for some for something else. Uh, not in the sense of uh, an urgency or an impatience with where I was, but because I wanted to discover so many things. And I think that this hybridity or this like this I, hybrid identity that I have, in a way, represents itself that way. And I, actually, between the 
between the lines or between spaces. It's uh, I wrote an uh, an article uh, about uh, uh, translations of Mallarmé and Verlaine about dance. Uh, they wrote poetry about dance, and Mallarmé used uh, uh, wrote that dance or art happens in the space or in the silence between movement, and that is as well to me where art happens in the, in the place where something happens and then there is nothing and then there is something again and in that nothing is where we join all together it's not I speak you listen or you speak I listen it's where we imagine and that's the beauty of the potential of art thank you so much Emmanuel Witzlum thank you thank you